Hey, welcome to Suicide Buddies. Before we get started with the show, I just want to let you know, Hampton and I joke around about suicide a lot on this show because we've experienced a lot of suicidal thoughts in ourselves and talked to a lot of friends and family about suicide, so we're comfortable with it, and the way we deal with it is to joke around about it. Please don't think that we take it lightly. If you're feeling depressed, especially if you're feeling suicidal right now, please stop the podcast right away and call 1-800-273-TALK. They're incredible. They're always there 24 hours a day. They can help. There are other options besides suicide, and I know that because you are loved by Hampton. Hampton is in love with everyone. You know just what to do when I look at you, and I don't want to go. You had a bad day, and you had a bad day, Dave. You had a bad day. You had a bad day. Something else, then, and you had a bad day. Hampton and I haven't seen each other in a couple weeks. Dave, I had a bad day. I had a really bad day. What if that dude? If that song was about suicide, I would like it so much more. <laughs> it's just so a you guy a writing a suicide note. <laughs> I had a bad day. It was a really bad day. What did his note say? Well, it says he had a bad day. <laughs> oh, uh, hello, uh, everyone. Welcome to Suicide Buddies. I'm Dave Ross. Hello, everybody. I'm Hampton Yunt. This is a podcast about suicide. We talk about suicide in history, our history with suicidal thoughts, but you know, we uh, bring some joking and light to it because we've been thinking about it so for so long in our lives. Dave, the reason I sang that song to begin with uh-huh. is because I've had a bad day. Did you have a bad day? Yeah, recent, man. Really? Bringing it, bringing it to you. Wait, before, I, yeah, I want to hear about this, but before we do, just real quick, you know, the house cleaning we got to do every episode. <laughs> Thank you all so much for emailing us, buddies, buddies, buddies at gmail.com. Please keep emailing us suggestions and stuff and like sharing your experiences with us. Also, please continue to. <laughs> please keep writing uh, and reviewing and subscribing on iTunes. That's a big help. Thank you so much. Tell your friends. Actually, uh, the emails have been incredible recently. Some people are maybe writing a bit too much. Uh, yeah, but it is. We know a lot about you. It is incredible to to read these. We got this email that we're definitely going to read at some point soon because I love the email. But this guy was like, "Hey, I listened to your your an episode of yours." And I fucking hated it, and it made me tweet some angry shit at you, and then I realized that you're depressed, and now I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that one, I was like, wow, role reversal <laughs> yeah. immediately, like well, a heel I liked turn. It. The reason I liked it is that he was expressing like frustration at people making light of suicide. Yeah, and then when he realized that we have gone through it, he's like, "Oh, I can't, I honestly though like can't imagine somebody like just like okay, here we go, like turning up their radio, like oh boy, these motherfuckers, here we go, gonna hate listen to something. Like I've I don't never, think he purposely hate listen. I, I think that's what I it was. Feel like there was a bit of that, and then we somehow changed his mind. I think that's great. Well, I don't know, man. I guess it was just nice for me to hear that 
someone who cares about mental health gets that incensed. <laughs> Normally, we as mental health nerds are pretty soft and afraid, you know, because we have mental health problems. Yeah. Um, well. Also, that uh, theme song you heard is by Coco Hames. She kindly lent us the song for our Shouts theme out. song. Shouts out. It's called <laughs> I Don't Want to <laughs> Go. It's called, it is so hard for me to say a full sentence on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's called I Don't Want to Go by on, Coco Hayes. I love her. She's yeah, great. it's on her self-titled album, which is on Merge Records. Get it now. Well, the thing is, I wanted to bring this up right at the top. Uh huh. I've had a bad day. <laughs> God. I wanted to get into this. Uh, uh, Dave, my pilot didn't sell. I know, man. It's I'm a sorry. Bad day. I'm really sorry, It's dude. like you called me up to be like, hey, buddy. <laughs> I heard. I heard the bad. It's like someone died. <laughs> Like I thought, someone did sometimes die. I'd forget about it, and then people will call me and be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> I heard from the the <laughs> inner comedian network that you secretly sucked dick." <laughs> That's the thing is, like I've gone through such pains to not post about it and be like, "Hey, everybody, I sold a thing and like eat my shit." Like none of that. I've been so radio silent, and then. That's so funny. <laughs> I uh, I also sold a thing, which I think I've said on the show before. Yeah, and I'm it's a script deal. I'm writing it right now, and I tell everybody, <laughs> and I think it's because if it doesn't go, then it'll just be you know the regular story you hear about someone selling a show. That's true. I, I've never Dude. been. I've never learned how to though be like proud. Yeah. Of accomplishments. Absolutely. I mean, though, like literally, I don't even know what the fuck you're like, talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I see you like you're pretty good at like letting people know like hey do you want do you want to check this out? Oh man. Well, yeah. Well, I feel like one way to really uh gear up for suicide in the entertainment <laughs> industry is to never recognize that you've done anything well. <laughs> And that's what a lot of comedians do. They're just like, you don't, nothing is real until it fucking happens. Wow, that's and then, so weird. But I, most people who sell shows, we have a bunch of friends who have sold like more than a few shows that have never gotten made. Mm -hmm. And if your metric for success is something getting made <laughs> and that happens to you, you're gonna die. <laughs> and I don't want that to happen to you or I me. I didn't sell my pilot to the game show network, Dave. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> right? If, first yeah. of all, if we could make a game show network show, that <laughs> would suicide? change my life. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Whose noose is this? <laughs> <laughs> all right, panel of judges. <laughs> Witch Bridge. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, but it's weird because it's like, I've been pretty... <laughs> stable with my mental for the last couple years and it takes a lot to get me my like, mental my mental <laughs> what's going on in my dome right now <laughs> trust me you have to start thinking Inside of it in these the terms dome. <laughs> you know what happens under the dome <laughs> i call my brain the thunderdome uh, yeah two well, thoughts enter one leaves turns out i'm gay <laughs> not that inaccurate your brain's the thunderdome <laughs> absolutely i mean usually Mine is, is like the crying dome. Ther therapy like taught me how to like really like know uh, my myself in the sense of like triggers, what's going to set me off. Sure. And then it's like, is one of your triggers <laughs> not getting your pilot picked up? Well, <laughs> massive failure. That's and then not like people failure. feeling bad for you. It's just it it really that's like where it suddenly is like oh. I'm worth nothing and like sure. you know it just like it suddenly sends me down and that was something I realized I was like wow this is like the worst most suicidal I felt in like really a while man 
You, uh, look, I, I know what it's like to be in that brain space, but like next time you're there, if you can remember to call me, you should call me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I text. We, literally, you did not text me. <laughs> I found out from the production company. I asked you if you wanted to go to Black Panther, Dave. That was a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do that not was... ever see movies with black people in them. I should have known. That was my cry for help, was do you want to go see the latest Marvel adventure? That's so funny, because you texted me that in the middle of me panic writing my show. And I was like... No, I know. That's the other thing. It's like, I know how much you've been dealing with. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. You've been writing nonstop for like a week. Yeah. Well, the reason we... Like, we had banked some episodes of this, and we hadn't seen each other, and the reason is that I just kept canceling recordings, because I had to write so much. Uh, I, I do, by the way, think it's funny... And telling of what it's like to be depressed that we we do this show weekly and we say on the show, reach out to your support network, ask for help, talk to people. And then you got suicidal and you were like, there's no one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know what? The, I mean, Dave, it's like while I would reach out to you, I, I, I talked to my girlfriend at first. Yeah. And the funny thing is, this is like. She was like, I was trying to like break the news to her in a way where it's not like, this is the worst thing that's happened to me. Like, uh-huh. I was just like, no, there's there's like options. It could go to other networks and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm like trying to make it seem good. And she therefore was like, oh, I thought there was like options when I keep telling her. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like really, really upset about this. Uh-huh. And it's like because I wasn't telling her. The full truth. And then one day I was like, listen, uh, this this really does feel like a child <laughs> is dead because it's like I spent a year on this yeah. and seen zero return. And now I'm like upset. Can you, you know? I, and that kind of made me feel bad. I have, to give some context, the, the amount that I know about this pilot is that what Hampton told me, I'm also working on my script deal with the same production company that worked on with him and uh my pilot is a friends reboot basically yeah, friends it, next generation yeah it's called no friends <laughs> <laughs> based on my life it's the exact same set as friends but it's just him it's ross wants to kill himself but he can't text his friend because <laughs> he's too embarrassed to text him yeah uh <laughs> yeah you're working on your script because the network didn't pick up rachel uh from the airport <laughs> Uh, wait what wait uh and then i uh i was on set throwing out jokes when they were shooting the presentation one day and then i went in with a few other people to like punch it up later yeah so i know a little bit about it you've been there through the process but even though i know some about it and i know the show and i've seen it can you like describe your process like of what the show was you said it's been happening a year yeah i'm interested i think the listeners probably are too like well you sell an idea Uh uh-huh and then there's kind of like all right well go write some uh rough versions of this you said well specifically to you though what happened with what's the the story with the selling of the you sold the show you came with this idea yeah you pitch it to a production company, Yeah, I probably can't say exactly what the idea is because it's still kind of up in the air. So yeah, we sold the idea and then it was like, through the process of a year, I'd say it's like you just are meeting once every month or so. It's enough to keep you loose in your schedule where you can't be taking on a ton of other jobs. Yeah, yeah. And you'll sometimes say no to work because you're like, well, I know in the first two weeks of March, we have these writing sessions. So that's, that's actually what I'm curious about. Like, so... Mine is like I pitched an idea and I 
am I like wrote the pilot and now I'm doing rewrites. What's but your you... next generation of <laughs> what's your script about? <laughs> oh yeah, it's the same idea as yours. <laughs> uh, Damn it, Dave. But with you, it's different. What? Because you didn't write the pilot, right? You right. You met with it's the production company. It's a concept, and you had like brainstorming sessions, mm-hmm. and then you like you formed an idea for a pilot presentation, mm-hmm. which is like something you shoot for them to watch rather than read to see if they want to do a pilot. Yeah, we yeah. kind of shot a thing, but we didn't lead with that. We kind of just had a um, like a document that you PowerPoint presentation kind of show in the pitch. Talk about in the pitch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so they picked it up and they wanted you to shoot. Were you shooting a pilot pilot or were you shooting like a presentation? Uh, like kind of a presentation. Yeah. Okay. More so. I'd say the reason because I'm it was only this. like 15 minutes as opposed to a half hour, but it's more like they were like, okay, if your show's in two parts, can we just see the first part? Like, can we see the, uh, you know, thing you would just do again in the second part? <laughs> you right. Know, like. The reason I'm asking you for specifics is I'm trying to give people who are listening context for why it's so upsetting. And I think like walking through the process could oh, do that. I, I think, well, yeah, I, I mean, that might be, I mean, I think why it's upsetting is because it's such a tease. It's it's a very long process is all you have to really understand as a yeah. listener. It's a series of notes and you are um, ap- applying those notes. You're doing everything in your power to uh, appease the network. They'll they'll put you in like a total shift of going, well, we like the entire idea, but we basically don't want the idea you pitched. We want to have a completely different version of that. And so we did that. Okay, but yeah, but but at a, to simplify it, you like you pitched the show with like a PowerPoint presentation. You sold it. They were like, okay, make us a 15-minute video that's an example of what the show is going to look like, right? Did you write a script for that? And then they had to approve that? Yes. And then you got notes on the script. And then, right, you shot it over the course of what, seven days? And <laughs> in, in shooting it, you crewed it up. Like we're talking about yeah. a whole crew, okay. writers, producers, yeah. shooting it in multiple locations. I mean, I was glad people could work. Absolutely. I don't think of it like in that terms, though. I'm like, okay, a lot of people got employed, which is good. Right. But then, but after seven days of shooting, then you have an editor that cuts it and then you send a cut to the network and they're like, we don't like this, 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 and this. And you're like, fuck. And then you recut it mm-hmm. and then you send it to them and they're like, we don't like this, 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 and this. And you're like, fuck. And then how I came in at the end was myself and a few other comedians were sitting in a room watching it, throwing out our ideas for both what we, th- how it made us feel and how we feel about the network's notes. And then you took all that and made a final cut and they were like, nah. <laughs> right? No, it's mean, a no, fucking nightmare. I, no, the, the real problem actually is that they loved it. What? They loved the pilot. They loved it. They thought I was... I mean, this is why I'm fucking super sad, dude. They loved it. They were like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we told you to make. Uh, They literally went glowing about me and my performance and what I did and like the, the jokes. And they called the producers afterwards to apologize and be like, sorry, we wasted your time. The reason the pilot didn't sell is because... It um, they said it's perfect. It's exactly what you asked asked you for. But Hampton is not uh, big enough, like like talent to lead uh, an hour block of scheduling. So it's it was a good be an show. Hour long. No, no, no. It's I'm a half hour. We need to pair it with the other this other show. And you're gonna lead it. And this right. other show was a show being which literally has been in the whole works this entire time, unbeknownst to me. That I was being like packaged with this other show. The other show is being made by a, a guy you might know him by the name of uh, 
Gorn Michaels. <laughs> I can't wow. use his real name for legal purposes, but the ins- the huge producer of SN SML SML Saturday Gorn Michaels maybe live. Yeah, the producer of Mad TV, Gorn Michaels. Wow. Yeah, had a show that was being put off and off and off. It wasn't ready yet. And then they were like, well, the show we were going to launch this with uh, isn't nearly ready and has been put off. So let's talk again in like seven months. Oh, Hampton. We'll see what's up. Like, And then literally I got just a series of people phone calling me and just being like, I'm so sorry. And Dude. like we, t- we said, you know, like it would sell and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's why I was like upset. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's a year long process of getting teased. I'm happy when people get to just work on any project, even Same. if it's like whatever. Totally. Because it's like that's the that's the work. fun of the, what we're doing. That's the fun of the industry. Yeah, we get I've to make worked stuff. on a million pilots and it's usually fun. But I was more upset that they were like, guess what? It's perfect. We can't use it. Dude, I have a serious... <laughs> that fucking blew my mind. I have a serious beef with people in that position, in the like development position, saying shit like, sorry. I think that's <laughs> fucked up. I think that that comes from... And I really like... I my sketch group and I sold the show a while ago and when we got told no and we were taken way down the process yeah. we had a head writer who was amazing and like it was had, women for IFC yeah right? women yeah, exactly yeah. and well our show was narrative though and um and it was like a sitcom starring us written by us produced by us created by us and then we had brought on this like showrunner who is incredible and anyway and then they said no and in the phone call they kept saying like sorry we have so much faith in this we want it and i just wanted to be like it made me so mad because i understand that they have bosses and they really wanted it to go and the bosses said no i understand that but here's the deal you're a grown-up you're an adult and this is your job and it's your responsibility so shuffling off the responsibility onto something else when you're our contact point yeah. and you're the person saying no is a kick in the fucking nuts and I don't like it. And I think I would respect it and appreciate it a lot more <laughs> if a development exec was like, it's not going to work. I'd be like, fuck. Quit it now. Oh, like, oh you lied to me. <laughs> you motherfucker. Well, no, I get what you mean. I mean, it's like you want them to be just straight up with you. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, dude, with I'm an adult. When I heard this thing, didn't go and the reasons they were telling me where they're like no no they loved it i had to do so much like wait come on like no they probably hated it and they told you they liked it like i tried so much to get to the bottom of it yeah like i was just like i couldn't be convinced it and it drove me a little crazy for at There's least this two things i mean i think it's a uh it's a symptom of partially of la being the way it is and partially entertainment and partially just people but it, like we it's like we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings in this town because it's so fucked up. Oh, that's we why do. we won't succeed, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We're well, fucked. wait, but that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm you, talking mean, about like, these you execs. mean like how they fake are fake nice? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. The, and the fake nice thing I think comes from a good place where like making an entertainment so hard, it's so much rejection that you don't want to be the one that gives the last yeah. piece of rejection that sent someone over, <laughs> I think is where a lot of it comes from. But... <laughs> and so and as a result we're all hanging out and it's tough. It I get that it's tough. Like if you're in the industry and we're creators, 
we want to hang out. We want to be friends. We do like we're involved in the same things. And there's this wall up where like you have a thing that I want and then I have a thing that you want and we can't always give it to one another. And that that makes it difficult for people on the industry side and people on the creative side to be friends. And so I think that's that's what creates situations like this where like people are like, fuck, I still want to be cool with this guy because he makes stuff I like. Yeah. So I'm going to soften it. Yeah. But no, it's the, okay. No one wants but, to fucking hurt But at hurt the end anybody. of the day it's more respectful and nicer to me <laughs> to be like, no. I don't know. I'm yeah, sorry. Know. It just you're, is. You're probably right. Dude, I've always said that, and I've always think I feel that way, but I sometimes really wonder. Because, yeah. man, when people are really brutally honest with me, yeah. I can't fucking take it. That sucks, too. I fucking get so upset. And if I guess... somebody was just like, guess what? The reason this pilot didn't work, Hampton you looks suck. like a queen. <laughs> He's not well, funny. His jokes are retarded. If He's got s- a dumb dumb eyebrow. <laughs> so you're saying that... Yeah, if someone trashed The person me? who bought your show is the lead singer of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. <laughs> no, I'm saying if they're the jerky boys. <laughs> if I sold the show to the jerky boys and they're like, hey, look at this jerky. Look at his big forehead, this jerky... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. If someone was nah. brutally honest about, like, it wasn't funny. He didn't even make me fucking well, laugh. I no, think I'd be a you don't little... need to do that. That's just mean. That, uh, you, that you're not funny. But I'm not talking about that extreme. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Maybe, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, your situation and ours was different. But, like, I just don't want to be told, sorry, it was good, we loved it, mm-hmm. but we're mm-hmm. not gonna. Yeah. I just hate that. It's like... No, I hate it. It's like, <laughs> tell me... Just you don't have to say the reason. You know what? Just kick me in the fucking nuts. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get a thought out. <laughs> Vincent. Uh, yeah. I uh I don't know, man. It just you, you wish people would be more honest with you. Yeah. But I, I feel like people say that. And it's like I don't know how true that is, really. Honestly, I don't think we, it's honesty though. I think it's like just like like sort of like respectful. <laughs> You know what the trans- flatness the in the relationship? Is? When someone goes, you know what? I'll tell you the real truth. It's like the thing sucked. You weren't funny, and then you go. But you're talking well, about the. Ex- just, I'm not talking about nice? that. I'm just saying, like, how okay. much better would it have been if they were like, "It's not going to work," and you were like, okay. "Why?" And they were like, "Well, it's a weird situation. Right. It was paired with another show. It's not going to work. It sucks." That is what, <laughs> and it's fucking felt stupid. It felt awful. No, that's not what happened. What happened was they were like, "We love it. We love it. We love it." But it's not going to go because of this situation. But we love it. That's what I hate about it. You know what I mean? Isn't that no? What, that's not what happened. It's not what happened. They literally were like, "It's good." I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. All right. Uh, well, I guess maybe we had different situations, but I, I just hate that, like. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get it. I hate the fakeness, but I also kind of love that about Hollywood. I know it's dumb, but it's like, sure. it's like people are always like, New York City, they're real there. I they're fucking being shitty to you. <laughs> they're being so direct. They're like, get in the fucking cab. Go downtown. Get go do the comedy club. Get there. Everything's so much more no, demand. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I do. <laughs> I, I literally have a stand-up bit about that same thing. <laughs> I want you to lie to me about how you feel about me, please. A little bit. A, a little lot. bit. I want to be able to <laughs> detect the bullshit. This is basically this is the art of conversation. You have to let me feel like I've won, but also you've said your point. Yeah. And all feelings are maintained. 
is like the fucking Bushido code of conversation. <laughs> yeah, you just have to find the middle. I, 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 I don't and that's know, why dude. execs suck, man. They're they're like highly autistic. Sure, they're all well, so like bros. Nah, <laughs> but we're like funny autistic. I'm pretty <laughs> they're cool. They're kind of like <laughs> like cocaine autistic. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's just not your season this year. Sorry. It's funny that I'm saying this too because I'm thinking like if. The guy I'm working with right now, if he called me and was like, hey, dude, uh, you know that I love this, but it's not going to work, I would totally accept it, and I would be fine, and it would not make me mad. It wouldn't make me mad. Yeah. It would hurt my feelings. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. However it felt like you were saying that to me, it sounded like they were like, I don't know, dude. No, it's just, I mean, that's the truth of it. It's like, what you probably feel almost worse when people are like, you know what? This is exactly what we asked of you, but we fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, what the fuck? Maybe that is what it is. Maybe I am bothered by the fact that they didn't lie to you enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, why couldn't you have lied to me like six months later when it would have matched up time-wise? Yeah. That's the thing. It's more, it's, I mean, it's so fucking stupid with this industry where you're like, okay, so in seven months we can repitch? And in yeah. the back of mind, you're like, yeah, that makes kind of sense. But then you're like... They're gonna like forget about this, and then in seven months they'll see it again, and I've heard all the jokes, and be like, "Oh yeah, um, no, still no, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I vaguely remember seeing this seven months ago." I don't know, man. You never know. I mean, like, uh, I've heard so many stories about projects continuing to be pulled up. I don't know if any of them. <laughs> Eventually <laughs> <Really>? got made. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I auditioned for a pilot that uh, when I went in, my agent was like, uh, yeah, they sold this like five years ago and they've sold it like four times since then. It seems like it's going to get made this time. <laughs> it's and called then, Little Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> Back then. Yeah. Then they made it better. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Caroline in the City. <laughs> it used to be called Caroline with some titties. You never see Caroline in the city? I used to. Come on, man. It, it was, was great. Kind of, it was kind of okay. It's fantastic. It's about an artist. <laughs> <laughs> that, man, you got to appreciate her art. Greeting card artist? Yeah, how funny. How unrelatable know, a white a business is that? <laughs> She made greeting cards in her loft. That's it was like, like what? You know what's funny? It's like, that's what uh, Joaquin Phoenix's job is and her is his job is just to sit down and be a hipster and come up with like three line poems for oh, greeting yeah. cards. And he's like, I miss you so much. I miss your hair and I miss your butt. <laughs> Print. <laughs> I was like, he gets a job. <laughs> this is a job. Yeah. Well, you know, in the future, so that's going to be the only job. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. In the future, got- I'll fuck my phone. Yeah. That'll teach my ex-girlfriend when I'm yeah. fucking my phone. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love in that movie when he's being like caught by his ex and he's like got his phone like in his pocket who he's been fucking. Uh-huh. And it's just this whole like, oh, ex-girlfriend. I mean, I <laughs> thought that was like- super not cool of that character. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be like, shut up, phone. The scene where he's with the phone and then a real couple... And the real couple doesn't reject him dating his phone at all. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I loved that movie so much. I fell and found it very relatable. I bought those pants he wore <laughs> that were up to your nipples. Yeah. <laughs> I bought that, that scar he has on his lip. Yeah, his hair lip. Yeah. <laughs> his hair lip scar. Yeah, I bought That's that. That's the most hipstery thing you could do is have <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix's hair lip scar. 
Yeah, they sell those at Spencer's Gifts. What's up, ladies? <laughs> this, this is a very irreverent podcast. <laughs> very irreverent. We're this irreverent. Is, this isn't the hair lip podcast, folks. Yeah, exactly. We can say whatever the fuck we want about hair lips. <laughs> no, I do just love it. I, wh- who made that movie? Uh, uh, Spike Jones. Spike Jones. But it's like, he's just like, And well, it was like his answer to uh, Lost in Translation, right? Uh, probably. Who? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Different perspectives on that relationship. I think. I don't know if I have that right. And I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> well, Dave, uh, you want to tease this, uh, this suicide? I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to do a suicide this week. What do you think? <laughs> I kind of feel that way. We were talking about it. I like... Uh, We've had a lot going on. We could just keep talking about us. Okay. Why don't we? We can talk about us. Yeah. Now. This make this an us. This is us episode. Us. But we're not gonna kill ourselves. I do have a story about something this podcast uh, did to my brain recently. I'll tell you about it after the commercial break. <laughs> Let's tease your mental breakdown after yeah, yeah, yeah. the commercial break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Man, when are we going to not do that? I don't know. And we're back. Welcome back. You're in the stank zone with Dave and Ham. Ham Dog and Dave Dog in the stank zone. We're back. We got Stewie Griffin in the studio. He's talking Family Guy next season. What the deuce? (laughs) Nice, Stewie. <laughs> nice. So Stewie, uh, you're on the road. You get laid. You get laid out there, uh, Stewie. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I can't do. Oh, whoa, whoa. What is he? He's in the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Stewie pooped his pants. <laughs> um, we got an email. Uh, by the way, buddies, buddies, buddies From at gmail.com. Damn it, Hampton. <laughs> I want to dissuade people from writing us for just a moment. We literally get like six emails a day that I can't respond to. Buddies, we- buddies. Right, buddies, buddies, buddies at gmail.com. Please write us. But use your discretion for the love of God, guys. It's really starting to stack up. And I'm starting to feel really guilty that I can't respond to everything. I don't know. I uh, Yeah. Well, shit. Don't feel guilty. Um, we. Oh, okay. Definitely. Yeah. Don't change your brain. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good advice. Be a different person. <laughs> <laughs> I just think like, you know, we shouldn't feel guilty. It's nice people who are writing. They know that we can't write them all back. Right. Um, well, some people are kind of like, please. That's true. And we will try. And we are trying. We. Uh, the reason I brought it up is that this guy, this guy, emailed us and was like, love the show. Please get a new distilled jeans ad. (laughs) (laughs) Like Of the things you're mad about. You know what I'm mad about? We didn't get to do the Miller Lite ad so far. I know. We really planned this whole like, do you like Miller Lite? 
fucking pound Miller Lite, but if you're going to kill yourself, don't pound Miller Lite. Here's why we have we don't have any new ads. <laughs> um, we were in the middle of, like, we were getting ready. We had the copy for recording a bunch of new ads, and then something weird happened with the network we were on over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go back and uh, listen to some episodes and learn about the history of this pod. <laughs> But now we're at Starburns and we have a new daddy and we've never been happier. <laughs> I love my daddy. My new daddy Starburns is, is my good daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I mean we got that weird that weird AML. Yeah. Oh, I uh so I had this thing happen. <laughs> this podcast has I've all I already always make suicide jokes all the time like all right i'm prove it depression there's no way i can <laughs> check mate uh yeah like depression and sadness jokes are always in my brain but this podcast is definitely taking me even further because i was in the liquor store down the street the other day and i know the guy behind the counter he's the sweetest dude uh and he uh there was there's a tv right so he can watch it like over where the counter is, right behind where you stand in line. Mm -hmm. And it was a news story about a car chase. And in <laughs> the car chase ended because the guy being chased by the cops drank poison. <laughs> and then the car veered off the road onto the side of the road and in the process crossed like five lanes of traffic. Oh, no. And then... Because he crossed five lanes of traffic, all the cars he crossed it's got in an accident. That's going to be a huge ticket. <laughs> Can you imagine that ticket? Dude, honestly, that's an important fact for what I said, the, that shit. the car crossed all the lanes of traffic mm -hmm. and they all got in an accident. Because I just looked at the cashier and I was like, I mean, you pull over, then you drink the poison, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's your coat. And the guy was like, "What?" what? <laughs> Dude. Oh my god. That's so great. I felt terrible. <laughs> One time, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod, but like Pete Holmes was talking to me about like he's like, "I just took this test about to see if you're a sociopath." And the thing about all these tests is I nail them every time. Like, I completely can see how a sociopath would think. Mm -hmm. So the question in the thing is, uh, he, he, po he posed to me, is like, um, there's a guy, he meets a girl at a funeral, and they really hit it off. And then uh, they leave the funeral, they uh, don't see each other, and then he goes out and kills uh, one of her best friends. Why would he do that? And I was like, because he wanted to talk to the girl again. <laughs> And he was like, that's exactly right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he had such a good conversation at the funeral. <laughs> like, why would you? Yeah, that's clearly why he killed her. <laughs> wow. <And> so, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I love the thing of like, and like Pete was like freaked out that I like immediately was like, well, he wanted to talk to the girl again. He's like, no, there's like other parts to the <laughs> He guessed it right away. <laughs> I feel like that's the thing with you being like, yeah, you pull over. <laughs> You're right. Then you, you drink a Red Bull. That way. Then you have the poison. <laughs> you don't hurt other. <laughs> you drink the Red Bull so you can party in heaven <laughs> with the poison. <laughs> <laughs> so look, you listen to poison during the car chase. <laughs> Every road yeah. says his own. Are you imagine that you're gonna this come guy out is of the drinking car? poison 
in a car chase. While girls, girls, girls. girls. <laughs> wait, wait. That's Motley Crue. Yeah, I know, all right, right. I know. Oh, come on. I find you guilty, Dave. Uh, <laughs> not I just know a lot of Motley Crue songs and not a lot of Poison songs. Yeah, I just know every rose has a thorn. Are they, I here I go again on my... Or is that no, White Snake? it's White Snake. Fuck. You know what? They <laughs> didn't have another song. <laughs> <laughs> Their song was... Oh, they had a like a... Every Rose Has a Storm was the ballad. They had another one that was on the radio. But it, this is before our time, yeah. by the way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're not guilty. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about, though, with the whole, like, playing a thing right before you die and maybe it transfers up to heaven? Did you ever read that thing when you were a kid, like in uh, Roman or Greek times, they would put coins on the people's eyes yeah. when they die? Yeah. So Because then they could pay... St. Peter or no, whatever. No, the ferryman. Like, you know, there was like, it was before St. Peter and all that kind of shit. But I, I just love the idea where it's like, so wait, like somehow the coins transfer into the nether world, even though they're still on the dead body's face. Like, yeah. Also, it would make sense if the coin somehow went into your eye slits, like chink, chink, like, like coin deposits. You just become a pile of coins. You push them deep into the dead body's eyes. I also love that part of that line of thinking is, okay, after you die, there's definitely still money. <laughs> Dude, you know that's how Republicans think of heaven. There better be money in heaven. I just want there to be money. I just want heaven to be money. Like, dude. I want to be buried with my money like a pharaoh. Obviously, you have to have money when you die. How are you going to get into heaven? Yeah, that's the odd thing. Also. So you put the money on their eyes because you use money with your eyeballs in heaven. Dude, I love it. I, every religion. I put Benjamins on my eyes, dude. Two Benjamins. <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm going to ball her up in heaven. I just put two Fabergé eggs on my eyes. <laughs> Dave was the fanciest man I ever knew. This well, is me at the funeral with you two. <laughs> two Fabergé eggs on your eyes. Dave was a good fan. Fancy man. He believed in extravagance and wealth. You might think he's wearing Fabergé sunglasses right now. <laughs> you might think Dave's eyes are going ooga, but no, there are two eggs on his eyes. There's even more than that. Like the the pharaohs that were buried in yeah, the pyramids. Yeah, think of that. They were buried with their slaves so they could have <laughs> slaves in heaven. And it's like, what? There's still slavery in heaven. <laughs> yeah. One thing I know is there's not going to be any free handouts up in heaven. You yeah. got to bring your own slaves. Totally. You got to work your way out of your yeah. debts I don't want to like have a valet you know, service up in heaven and not be sure how to tip. Just bring my slaves. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who slaves are in heaven? They're the people that didn't have coins on their eyes when they died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They couldn't have coins. Well, it's also <laughs> weird that they would be buried with their slaves, but also like their organs outside of their bodies. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't want to like shame any old pharaohs uh, right now. Me neither. I don't want to. My uncle was a pharaoh. (laughs) He just had one long, fucking chin mustache, chin beard. Oh yeah, totally made of plastic or whatever. (laughs) What was the sarcophagus made of? Plastic, right? Yeah, nylon. Plastic. (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely nylon. Yeah. Um. I, uh, oh, damn. What was I going to say, Hampton? Shit, we're on a podcast. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, there was something at the top you said you wanted to say. Oh, yeah, dude, shit. Um, okay. We didn't do shit. <laughs> All right, maybe settle down. Shit. <laughs> uh, um, huge news for us. Jeff Dunham killed himself. <laughs> oh, you're going on tour. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, that was probably I was what thinking it was. about me going on tour, and then I thought of Jeff Dunham because we... <laughs> He tours too. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys can match up. Uh-huh. You're literally going everywhere inside the United States between all of April and yeah. some of May, folks. I did the entire Johnny Cash song. I've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Shit. He was um, just like doing Google Maps before it's time. He was like, oh, yeah. okay, I was over there. Then I went over there. Then I saw that street. Then I saw a dog. Everybody's over <laughs> that there. That song. <laughs> That style of song, I feel like whoever did it first, it wasn't Bob Dylan or Johnny Cash. And then one of them was like, oh, fuck yeah. And then they each wrote like five songs like that. Because uh, it's a style from that time where they're like, I went there, I went here, I sat down, I stood up. You know Honestly, the worst. I got guns, I had fun, I got nuns. Like, I love, I love. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, he's like getting put on the government watch list as he's singing. I got guns and I'm in Montana and I'm building a stockade and I don't like Muslims. <laughs> Johnny, whoa, whoa, whoa. Walking down the street, I saw a hamster in a pampers or whatever. <laughs> All I can think of is that Beach Boys song, which is, I mean, I love the Beach Boys, but then when they had like kind of post Brian Wilson, that's when they wrote Kokomo. Oh, really? And it's like Aruba. Jamaica. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think they're just like, there and there. I want to fuck you everywhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like the same thing. It's like, uh, okay. That's so funny. It's like dude. Orbitz is singing a song. On islands, <laughs> on land, on sea, in the sky. There's hotels everywhere. They're crazy affordable. We could do it in the bedroom or bathroom or living room or downstairs. This is how he's got sexual autism. <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. Well, Mambo Number Five is like that too. Uh, it's just a oh, list shit, of women. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's Mitt Romney's <laughs> binders full of women. <laughs> if Mitt Romney, when he was, remember how politics used to be just that little, where it's like he said binders full of women, he won't ever be president. But it's so funny if he had just been like a little bit of Monica's on. <laughs> Jennifer is all I want. A little bit of steam. <laughs> oh, oh man. baby, that's what I like. Yeah, that's so funny, dude. It, that's so funny because that was what? That was in 2012, right? And now uh, the guy who won the election in 2016 literally <laughs> is a rapist. Not only that, he's like, dude, the fucking, I, I've been talking to so many people about this, about this that Trump said uh, if uh, he had been at the school shooting, he would have probably run in there or not. I was like, that's like when Mark Wahlberg yes, same thing. was like, if I had been on one of those planes on 9-11, just would, wouldn't have gone down like that. If I was I'm at just that saying, shooting, it would have been very, very good. Very me and Optimus <laughs> would have taken over that plane. Me and Optimus Prime, we would have taken the terrorists. We would have <laughs> flown that plane back to Al-Qaeda, flown it straight up Osama's ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I this, love it, dude. Yeah, me, like Optimus most... Prime, uh, Donnie Trump, <laughs> and my brother Donnie. Uh, the, the two Donnies and the Marquis. The best is how <laughs> Trump kind of went. Uh, he put it on the press where he was like, I'm sure, as I'm sure a lot of you would, 
run in there, gun or not. Like, you put it on Dude. them. It's like, we're all the same. Donald Trump, you would not have run in there. <laughs> he wouldn't have run in there. Like, oh, there are really? some people you I don't know, dude. Maybe. He, like, he body slammed Vince McMahon, dude. At, That's true. At WrestleMania. That's true. I mean, only the toughest people and popes can do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very popish thing to do. <laughs> the Pope has entered the arena. <laughs> the Pope versus the Undertaker. The Pope versus Mankind. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope wears his hat on his hand like Mankind's puppet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> We're both fucked up. <laughs> anyway, I'm going on tour. Yeah, Dave's going everywhere. Uh, yeah, I'm going on tour. Um, if you all the dates and info are on my website, Dave to the uh, and you should come out. I really, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, half of it is on my own, and the other half is with Chris Charpentier, who's really funny too. And I'm going literally like. Uh, Colorado, Nebraska, into Minnesota and Wisconsin. I'll be in the rest of the Midwest for a while. Pennsylvania for a minute. New York, up into New England. Dude. Down the nice. uh, East Coast on the South, like the Carolinas, and then to Atlanta and Tennessee, and then down to um, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, and then uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and home. You know, um, I, I, I'm like, this tour looks so awesome. It's going to be fun. And the funny thing is, like, I tweeted about it today. Uh-huh. Like, I was like, hey, check it out. Dave's doing this thing. And I think I... <laughs> Said that, and then someone was like, "Nice, I'm gonna get tickets. Can't wait to see Suicide Buddies live." Oh yeah, and that then was I so wrote, funny. This is it's a stand up show. Suicide Buddies <laughs> is live is in the works. We'll we'll figure it out. And then like what happened? Like, oh, and then the girl like, wrote like, "Yeah, she I, she was joking that around." Was so funny. She said, "Yeah, it's so funny." He said, "This isn't Suicide Buddies Live. It's stand up, but we'll do Suicide Buddies Live." Yeah. And she goes, "No, I know that." And then I wrote back, "Hampton <laughs> likes to mansplain shows to people." And then and then she wrote back more like hamsplain, and then Hampton wrote, "There's no s in the word explain." <laughs> And I almost ran off the road. I was laughing so fucking hard. That's the favorite thing to do. When people are like, are you mansplaining? Like, I've literally done that to people. And they're like, are you mansplaining right now? I go, guess what? There's no S in the word explain. And I just walk off all the time. Like, that's my shut it down. Yeah. That's, oh, it's so funny, dude. It's really, I couldn't, I texted you. There's I was so laughing so hard. But you know what's funny is like, it really made me think about the whole mansplained thing and I was like okay here's really what it came down to is I wrote oh it um, it come down to man (laughs) (laughs) there's no way to explain (laughs) Dave Dave's a woman and this is uh, yeah me being misogynistic (laughs) um well I wrote uh what it's not stand up uh suicide buddies is in the works because she wrote um can't wait to see Suicide Buddies live. Yeah. So I interpreted that as like, I just bought tickets. Can't wait to see Suicide Buddies live. Oh, I, no, but I instead understand. It was, instead it was, <laughs> just bought tickets. Can't wait to see Suicide Buddies live. Yeah. You right. know? like, And that to me is like the entire problem with the internet. Yes. Is just that one word going up. Yeah, when yeah. When you didn't know. And then I go, oh, because I'm like concerned she just bought tickets for a thing she didn't mean to and i go oh no uh and then I go all right fucking patriarchy shut the fuck up and i was immediately well, like fairness, god damn it i was the one who said you mansplained <laughs> but dude dave you do speak on behalf of all women yeah definitely <laughs> well they need me to 
<laughs> they're so pretty. <laughs> they don't have the time. They're so yeah, pretty. They're so helpless. Uh, yeah. No, I know. It's weird. It was it was all in my own brain, this battle. But that to me was me thinking was about so how context funny. on the internet is like, oh, you're right. She totally was telling me, but I just read it a completely different way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. You ever had any goof ups on the internet? Oh man, I've never made a mistake one time <laughs> in never, any category. You never liked an ex's photo accidentally? No, definitely not me. I'm not. I'm not emotional. <laughs> you know what's crazy is my phone right now is like fucked up. The screen's cracked. So sometimes when I'm in like Instagram, it'll just start like shifting pages like back and forth oh, and then no. start liking things oh, and, like moving no. up and down so like sometimes if i'm seriously like looking at like someone who's hot like on their instagram like it just will suddenly like 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 like, like seven times on one thing and i'm just like well i'm i'm fucked <laughs> yeah it's it's a real fucking, oh man it's messing with me hassan minaj has a great joke about this how he'll be like looking back through an ex's stuff and then he'll accidentally like something and his joke is like that's like if you're watching someone sleep and you fall on their face ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit yeah do we have to give him money now for that yeah, yeah I hate how I hate how podcasts work he's famous <laughs> I hate um, that that's the rule by the way um, obviously at this point it's pretty clear probably from the title of the episode that we're not talking about a suicide in history Hampton and I have been talking about this for a minute like Maybe we want to do episodes that are that. We just want to talk just us yeah. every now and then. But also, I especially wanted to do it this week because you had that fucking really hard thing you were dealing with. Which, by the way, I uh, I think I got mad too mad. <laughs> <laughs> you got so mad on my behalf that you were then getting mad at me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> For fucking did, up and, my pilot. And I also should clarify, like... I I think I made it sound like I was like really pissed at the industry, but it's just a couple stories I've heard where I just I I think right now I have a pet peeve, and I've had this for a couple years because the one downside because I agree with you, man, L.A. over New York all the time because I love I love like you shouldn't talk shit to me to my face all the time. You shouldn't be like, hey, you got a weird backpack. <laughs> Fuck you. Like it shouldn't. Yeah, I don't uh, need my balls busted to annihilation. But we're also grown ups, and I, I, I think that we should be, uh, we should hold ourselves accountable for our actions. And I, the only part of that, I didn't mean to be so extreme, but I, I just wish we were more straightforward with each other and treat each other like adults. Mm. And sounds like that's not even really what happened to you, but it's happened to me. I just wish people <laughs> didn't think I was a child who needed to be coddled. And I know it's not their yeah, fault, no. even. It comes probably from. And I've got that so many times it, it's a real thing and it's it, and it's frustrating and it but here's the thing it's probably not their fault it probably comes from the past them being like hey um <laughs> you worked really hard and we liked it but it's not gonna work out um sorry next time uh and they're like what <laughs> and they just cry and scream and like slit their I'll wrist. be an agent ah! why didn't you tell me you loved it 10 times before you said no um yeah but also, um, so you've been going through that, and I, dude, I actually feel great today. <laughs> in the past two days, but I've actually been feeling pretty <laughs> awesome. And uh, anyway, so end of episode. <laughs> no, I feel great today and yesterday. But you know, I have been like, dude, it's weird. I, for the first time since starting comedy, I, how, um, uh, difficult it is, and the amount of like 
stress and tension it was giving me brought me to tears. Yeah. Like I have cried from uh, f- like failing and stuff and uh, or like from it not seeming like I'm accepted or like whatever. But like I'm writing this pilot. I'm doing it on my own. Um, everything else I've ever done, I've had at least a partner in to bounce things off of. And it's my first pilot I've ever written on my own. I've only ever written a pilot with a group before. And like, it is difficult in so many ways that I can't describe. And I kept throughout the process, man, I've rewritten it so many times. And you know what? I fucking love it now. I I really do. (laughs) But I must have rewritten it 10 times Mm -hmm. just in one chunk of the, I can't really get into the specifics of how I'm working with the, who I sold it to, but like there are stages of it just in one stage got prolonged and I rewrote it entirely a bunch of times. And one day I was just with my roommate and I was just like telling him how I'm not okay. And, uh, and I was just like, dude, it's like, I just said out loud, I can't do it, man. I've never not been able to do it. I can't do it. Like I can't do it in the past. It's been hard. And I, it's a process and I figure it out and it sucks and I bomb. But right now I can't do it. And I'm, it felt like I was incapable of writing it for like a week. I was having so much trouble that I like, I was like, Hmm. I'm, I can't do it. And that pulled me into like a really fucked up place. Like a really, Hmm. what got you out of that? (laughs) I kept working and I was just like, I just set the like, goals or parameters for you to like just get back into like yeah just the work of it you know what i did i i it's funny i've talked all all this frustration with people in the industry but the guy that i'm working with right now is so cool uh and in the middle of all this frustration me talking to the production company talking to my manager i um i he just called me and this is a person like at a you know at a fucking TV channel, <laughs> and uh, he calls me to tell me he heard it's been he's heard it's been hard. He knows it's been taking a long time. I'm doing it on my own, and it's going to be fine. And I can reach out to him, no pressure. And mm. after he did that, nice. that calmed me down a, a lot. And uh, and then I called him the next day, and I was like, I'm going to turn this into you next Friday or Monday. And that was like nine days after that. And I like I but I had already been writing twelve hours a day every day for fucking months with a day off here and there, and then I grinded on it, dude. I fuck, I fucking wrote for a week, got to a place I liked it, sat on it for a day, talked to a couple people, and was like, "Fuck, I hate it." And that was Friday, and then I spent four days <laughs> writing sixteen hours a day to get it in, and uh, feels like fucking I, college. Yes. Getting a paper in. Yeah. One time I didn't sleep for three days because I was finishing a paper. And then I walked over across campus to deliver it. Still hadn't slept. And I handed it to the guy. And he just was kind of like, okay. It was like literally like the last minute you could even hand it in. Wow. And I was just kind of surprised he didn't even to be like, "Hmm, just made it in. Like anything like that. And I was like, yeah, I worked a long time. Like I don't know why I suddenly put it on him. Like just like, yeah, you know. Well, you wanted some Thanks. validation for I how crazy something. you went on it. Yeah, and he just said nothing. And then I was like, okay. And then I literally went back and I slept for 16 hours. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> I pulled five all-nighters in a row when I was a freshman in college once. Wow. And I, during finals week, 
because I was put on ap- academic probation <laughs> after the first semester. And because uh, I. Dave's on double secret probation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because I threw a really big toga party. <laughs> through the it kegger to end much. all keggers. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I don't know. It's that stuff that made me want to talk about you and me because it's interesting. Like, you and I are pretty even keeled now, but it's. And, like, I think we both honor the fact that we sold shows pretty well. Like, I never even thought I'd be in that ball game. I I thought of this, uh, which I think is interesting. Uh, I was like, okay, this is a really devastating thing. And uh, I am in a good place. And I know now how, like, I react to stuff and how this is going to affect me. But also, like, I was like... You know, you think about, like, would this have been something I wanted to at least have happened eight years before, you know, had this not work and and go through it and learn the lessons and blah, blah, blah. But I was kind of like, you know what? Like, even though younger in comedy, I was more on the rise. Yeah. And things were going well. I was more unhappy than ever. Yeah. I was just not even able to function with the things that were going well. So if something like this had happened then, I probably would have reacted a thousand times worse, if I'm honest with myself. And that's compounded by the fact that- it's better now. The the more you move on in comedy, the more honestly, the more resilience you have to rejection. Not, I don't even know if your skin gets thicker. It's just that you become aware of more types of Dude, rejection. I've walked into an audition once, and literally the person was like, "Too tall, too tall." Like it was like painting her. She was just like, "Too tall," and I was like, "Can I do the lines?" And she's like, "No." Too tall. I told them. I told them. <laughs> wow. Too tall. Like it was like she was having this existential fit, and I was like, uh, okay. I mean, I learned the lines. Uh, can I learn like? Uh, can I like do another? You know, character. And she's like, no. There's no other character. Oh my god. And I kind of. I mean, I at that point I was like ready to just walk out, but I I kind of fucked it up even more by being like, well, what about this one character? And she's like, she's a black woman. Not you. <laughs> You're a white man. Oh <laughs> and I was my like, god. Oh, I just read it as a doctor. I'm sorry. I didn't uh, realize. <laughs> I never. Dude, one time I had a rejection with a uh, an audition. I walked in and I just was like, hi. You know, like put out my hand. And she was like, oh no. Uh, Mercury is in retrograde. Oh, no, thank you. My she God. like put her hands up. And do did you this always whole- go to the same casting director? I've <laughs> had <laughs> <laughs> several casting directors be this fucking yeah shitty. crazy woman. Yeah, and it's just like no, no. <laughs> and she like put on like hand sanitizer after she said that, and it was this whole thing of like I then was like in the uh, negative for having asked to just be like, hey, shake her hand. Oh, you know? like, well, so suddenly I was uh, I was I actually know something about that. Because I had a similar thing happen to me. <laughs> I actually already heard of this. Like, especially with commercial auditions, you're not supposed to shake hands because those auditions are like cattle calls. So sure, they don't want to get yeah. sick or whatever. Yeah. And I knew about that, but I went into a commercial audition once and it was my second callback. I'd seen the same casting director for the third time. So I was like, okay, we know each other. And I walked up, I went to shake his hand. I stuck my hand out. He holds his hands up. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. I can't shake your hand. And then he literally. <laughs> Look dude, at your body posture right now. It's like you've been accused of a crime. Yeah. <laughs> he held his hands like, up. Oh, no, 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 no. He held his hands up. And then he he literally said, but you can shake this and did the Triple H X over the dick thing. <laughs> 
shit. It was oh, unfucking real, dude. DX. He did Degeneration X. Yes. To you. He was like, but you can shake this. You can shake. <laughs> anyway, you're here for the Surge commercial. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, what role am I auditioning for? Red? Dick sucker? Oh, okay. Dick shaker. Hi, I'm Sorry. here for the Mountain Dew Code Red commercial. I'll be dick sucker. <laughs> My name's... Surge! <laughs> My name's dick sucker piece of shit. Oh, man. I'm here for the audition. Yeah, I don't know. There's so much, so many different kinds of weird... Uh, uh, failure in the industry. One, one thing that's actually really weird is I, I once went to a meeting at like CBS mm-hmm. for writing. It was just like a general like, this guy knows how to write. Do you want to talk yeah. to him? And then like, um, at, at the woman I meet with immediately doesn't want to take the meeting. And it's kind of like, oh, you're here. Guess what? We're doing our CBS uh, diversity auditions right now. Do you want to go just watch those? And I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> like, so, like walk me across the lot. Like, cause she's like, okay, go with the, go with Steven. Like, just go. And I go and they like bring me in and like, I'm not supposed to be there. And they're like, Hey, this Hampton, he's a up and coming writer. <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, sit in the back. And there's like a panel of judges doing the CBS diversity, you know, auditions. So it's this totally dry room, no audience except for the judges and me in the back. And I'm already maybe a little high. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just because I don't, I was going to go take a dumb fucking meeting and whatever, you know, and like, all right, I'll go across the lot, whatever, you know, take life as it comes. So fucking, they start doing the auditions and it's like people like going like, um, this is my, uh, my aunt, you know, <laughs> like this is a character. And then they like go into a full like, no. No, you will not touch me. Like they just like do a full scene. What? It would sometimes be funny, sometimes be like dark as shit. And I was just in the back like laughing at every single thing. And I'd be like, come on. That was like to the judges. I'd be like, that that was fucking funny. (laughs) What? Yeah, I just was like laughing. And then like I was starting to notice by like the seventh one, they were like looking back at me like, every couple minutes because I'd just be laughing at shit and then I like I just left like before it was over I was just like all right hey I just even I was like bye guys I gotta go yeah (laughs) they like totally didn't even still who know know who I was I was just like all right I got to see because honestly the reason I wanted to say that was uh the most fucked up thing is every time they'd see somebody do a thing They'd leave, and then they'd have the most frank discussions oh. about diversity oh my God. and race with a panel of mostly white oh God, people. Dude. And it was just like, I didn't like her too, uh, you know, uh, street black voice. I just thought that was a little bit too much. Wow. It was like shit like that. And I was like giggling while they're like saying that because I'm like, oh, fuck, they really say this shit. Like... Oh fuck! We really are just like specimens in <laughs> yeah, every way. They literally will break you down and be like, "All right, let's see the people who wear hats." <laughs> it's like they're playing like a version of Guess Who in their heads. All right, everybody with glasses, fuck off. Have you ever been the? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with glasses today. Like literally, I've gone in front of the same person to do an audition. I came back with like a little bit of a mustache, and they were like, "Hey." I like the must like it was something about wow. like just about like I like this now. Wow. And it was like 
Okay. I'm still me. Like, what the fuck? Have you ever been the person <laughs> the stupid? casting agents <laughs> fucked up on? Like, I one time I walked uh, into the an too audition. Tall one for sure. Yeah, I I I walked into they were what was it? I had to, there were sides and I like memorized them and they were like kind of funny. I was like, this will be fun. And then I show up and in the room where I'm going to be auditioning, there were like no shit more than 50 60 year old overweight black men and uh and me and that I was sounds like, like the coolest <laughs> fucking place in the world it does but i'm they're all like steve <laughs> steve no i just Damn, mean you are cool <laughs> i'm just obviously not getting that audition like i'm I, yeah, obviously I've had that um yeah, man. It's interesting. I, I liked what you said about feeling better now and being able to like have this rejection happen now. Because it's funny, like in the middle of me literally being like, I was so stressed out, like losing sleep, smoking so many cigarettes, feeling sick, feeling like uh, exhausted in a new way. That's one of the reasons I was losing my mind too. Like writing all day, all the time, and more than writing, yeah. trying to form uh, an outlined idea. God fucking damn. It was drive. It was like really just mentally exhausting me. But even, even though, yeah, I was and and it was socially isolating me because I was so desperate to fucking get this done because it's been going on so long. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't seeing friends. Yeah, I've been there, man. It's it's rough. Yeah, and we weren't doing this. It was so rough. But even amidst all that, I still like. It's weird. It's I. Not only do I still feel better now than I ever did in comedy as a result of all this work and also because of suicide buddies, quite honestly, like I, I feel like, how do I say this? So maybe I'll get, I dreamed a dream of, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. that's what I, no, no, no. Okay. So the way I'm feeling now, the way it's different from the rest of comedy is like mm. comedy did maybe you can relate to this. It did a fucked up thing to my brain where like, because I work so hard in comedy and there are so many comedians that I genuinely like seeing and I like know them. We have a rapport. So many people. I, it put me in this place where I'm not really that close to anyone, but I thought I was. It's not like I was really lonely. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally get that. That's the nature of kind of this social game we're kind yeah. of all engaged well, in. Because you're comedy. so you become self obsessed in a new way mm-hmm. because it's so hard to make it. So you're always working, but then you see these like hundreds of people at shows and parties and mics all the time, and you relate to them, and it feels like friendship. But then I found like those friendships being weird, and the way I treat them being weird, and not having a real rapport. And now what's different is. I think I've settled in a lot more. Uh, I'm not worried about that stuff as more. I'm not out as much because I'm totally fine taking days off. And now I have like, I'm getting back to a normal social life where I have a, like a small amount of people that I really love, that I feel love for, that I feel love me. And that, it's weird, dude. Who are these people? I'm not in that. No, 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 no. They're, they're the listeners of the podcast. What? That's, that's why I keep asking for emails. <laughs> Email me. <laughs> um, and uh, it's interesting that like part of this like fucked up writing process took me there. But also 
that like I went through all that and that's what comedy's like and it really that part of comedy is so damaging and harmful <laughs> and <laughs> that is the main reason I like I want to move forward and move up and make more money because the more secure you are the more you can have a real life and that real life we're missing is painful in ways that I don't even think we know is happening to us while we're in it damn yeah that's the thing that I thought just taking a shit this morning <laughs> yeah this this morning I was taking a shit I thought about how there's no God and how, how that's pretty funny how it's like uh, there's no real point to all my uh, my social interactions I no, guess I know, I, right? it's important for me to bring up for like obvious reasons but also like you know we run a podcast about sadness and suicide, and like I didn't know. I now here's another over Christmas. I visited my parents, and I felt like really close with them, and I hadn't felt that in a long time. And then like more and more feeling close with friends, and I I didn't even realize that I wasn't. I didn't have a lot of people I like ha- had an actual bond with. Uh, I feel I feel really weird, man, because it's like. This is a realization I've come to over years ago. It's like I'm just like, yeah, I'm not I'm not close to people. Yeah. I mean, my own family is like, why are you not closer? Huh. It's just a thing for me. Yeah. I I it's interesting to see you going through that, but this is something I've had to like make peace with. Well, is that I'm like I've just accepted I'm like, okay, I I can only deal with people in small doses. Well, I'm definitely that too. I think what I'm saying is an another step further than that, but maybe it's mm. not. Maybe mm. I'm just talking about something. I mean, I'm comedy, comedy is alienating, and it really is about you. Go well. We're we're all trying to be friends, but it's competitive. Yet it's also like we're supposed to all be chill. Yeah, with each other, and it's uh, it's kind of a you know it's a mind fuck that you're just constantly engaged in. And if you're listening, I I don't know. Like, I guess the thing the takeaway from that for me is like. There are people from the whole time I've been in comedy with that I do feel close to and like bonded to. Uh, but even those people, through a lot of the time I was moving in comedy, I didn't realize it because of the emotional place and the social place comedy had put me in. It made me never feel close to people, is what I'm saying. Like, hmm. And now... A lot of those people I'm talking about, you, I've known for a long time. You're one of those people that I've been close to for a while. But I, like, truly didn't entirely feel it for a bunch of that time. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. This, Wait, this... you've been fucking me this whole time, Dave? See? And you didn't feel nothing? <laughs> this whole time, Dave. You've just been using my holes <laughs> like a fucking rag doll. I straight up hate this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All those lunches didn't mean nothing to you. I asked you to come to Black Panther. <laughs> that means I love you. <laughs> That's white on white. I love you. Yeah. Just ask you to come to Black Panther. It's funny. With me. My pilot is called White on White. I love you. <laughs> it stars Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, I'm Polly Shore. Who else? Uh, not Polly Shore. Come on, it's white not going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's called White on White I Love You. It stars Paul Rudd and Don Cheadle. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he plays his role from the Avengers Ant-Man movies. Ant Man and War Machine and a fucking uh Yeah, dude. Sitcom? Yeah, it's called Ant Man and War Machine colon White on White I Love You. 
and then the uh, the 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 sub the caption of it is um, well, Dave took too long to say this joke. <laughs> <laughs> Infinity joke. Yeah, it takes forever. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I. Dave, you have to say things. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I don't know if I described that as well as I wanted to, but I hope I did. Yeah. Just the uh, the nature of the business that we're kind of engaged in. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. hard to, it's hard to like get people to understand. I also don't want to bemoan it too much because it's like I'm always like, yeah, we're lucky we get to pursue our dreams or, you know, in some True. fashion. But I would also say there is always that uh, I don't think it, this is what the poem was about, but the dream deferred. It's like there's nothing more aggravating than a dream that's just absolutely off. <laughs> like just just close enough. Matt Ingebretson, <laughs> who uh, now has a show on Comedy Central, mm. was a ghostwriter for Perez Hilton. Oh yeah, oh, and fuck. while he had that job, he was telling me he was like, "Dude, it's so weird. I get to write, but I want to die." <laughs> More than when I worked at like Starbucks, and I was like, "Well, yeah, man. Oh, at least at Starbucks, it seems like you haven't achieved your dream. <laughs> now you've achieved your dream, and it fucking blows." Dude, Perez Hilton <laughs> dude, just made a career after drawing boogers off of Scarlett Johansson's face. Dude, <laughs> I know. Like an image. You know Do what? You believe Will I Am said he said someone's gay? Who fucking cares? You know what's a banger? <laughs> I was listening to the other day is Paris Hilton's uh, "The Stars Are Blind." Man, what a banger. Oh man! I feel like that song was meant for ska music, and it just somehow like didn't get <laughs> like bought by any artists for like twenty. If you haven't years. heard the song, it sounds just like Taps. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Paris Hilton's new single. <laughs> Uh, no. yeah, it's a cover it's a of taps. It's a banger. <laughs> do, can thing- you do uh, taps at a karaoke bar? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Turns out there's lyrics oh, to taps. Shit. I want to do the Benny, dead, Benny Hill music. Dead, you are dead. Do uh, mm-hmm. what's uh, what's Benny Hill music? <laughs> no, I'm thinking like mm-hmm. the, that's a circus music. Ah, fuck, I'm sorry, Benny Hill. Yeah, he was great. I like the circus better. Circus or Benny Hill go. <laughs> number one, number one, circus. Number two, circus. Uh, were you ever one of those super cool people that when someone said Beatles or Rolling Stones, you said the kinks? Were you ever one of those people? <laughs> Elvis Presley. Darling. <laughs> yeah. Scott Joplin. That's... I guess now, in retrospect, I'd be like, I guess the Rolling Stones, only because now when I listen to the so fucked up. No, I'm I, was with you. To, like, I know where you're going. I was listening to John Lennon the other day, and it was like he was saying, like, all we need is love or something. I'm like, it's like, yeah, but you're a your bad wife. person. <laughs> you beat one of your wives. I know it's kind of hard. There's so many. Have you heard that story about John Lennon? Who, like, right after he married Yoko Ono, he and Eric Clapton and someone else I'm forgetting, maybe uh, <laughs> Keith Richards, went into a cabin in the woods and did heroin for like six months. Uh, that sounds tight. <laughs> but he just got married. He was like, oh, he fuck went with off. His wife? Yeah. I thought he went with his no, wife. No, no, no. She did like, not That's come. That's the coolest vacation ever. <laughs> she also like sent him to America with a new intern he could fuck, so he would just fuck one person instead of yeah. cheating on her like crazy. 
man. Yeah. Honestly, I like the killers. (laughs) 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 The killers are my Rolling Stones. There's another thing with the Beatles where they're, even when they got like... Sum 41, that's my Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) Going to a party! (laughs) Like, my name is John Lennon. (laughs) And I was hanging out beating my wife like an El Camino. (laughs) You know we weren't the ones you thought you knew back in high school. I know that song word for word. Yeah. Oh, shit. I was at a party at a comedy festival once, and someone started playing Fat Lip by, uh, <laughs> uh, the, by Sum 41, and I was standing next to next to a buddy of mine, a black comedian, and the song started playing, and I got like a little excited. And he, <laughs> and they he, can't understand this. Black people cannot understand this he looked level over, of testosterone boost. He, I did, yeah, I got excited, and then I looked at him. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. I, I I looked at him as if to say, are, so are we going on the dance floor? And I just looked at him like, huh? And then he looked back and he was like, this one's for you, man. <laughs> Storm through the park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I just fucking went for it, dude. Were you on anything at the time to make you appreciate the yeah, dude. that much? Beer. <laughs> Mike's hard. Hooch. <laughs> Miller Light, MGD, Miller snor- Highlight. I snort Mike's hard. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm really fucked up. I shoot hooch into my butt. You guys remember hooch? Let's get a 30 rack of hooch and go down to the library. It's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy to me that butt chugging is still like... What? It's still... Still th- around. Have you ever snorted liquor? No. What the fuck? Yeah, no. It's crazy. What? <laughs> You're crazy, you son of a bitch. It was in Maxim I magazine. snorted it with my butt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What do you think snorting is? My butt's is? like a straw. <laughs> I just sit in a pool of liquor and it goes up my butt. It's like a kiddie pool getting drained into my butt. <laughs> I wish that you listening at home or in your car could see the look on Hampton's face when he makes the sucking shit into his butt. Oh, how little does Dave think of you to only think that you could listen to this in your car, (laughs) not at the gym. (laughs) Dave doesn't believe you can go to the gym. I swear to God, if any of you listen to this while you are on a treadmill, you have to tell us. That doesn't make any sense. You have to yell it out at the gym. You could be listening on a plane or while you're walking to class or getting a massage. <laughs> All these nerdy things. Yeah, While dude. you're going to get hentai, you could yeah. listen. <laughs> <laughs> while you're listen tied to, to a chair and getting slapped listen, in the face you, with your husband's dick. Yeah, you could listen to it while you're getting mm-hmm. cucked by your girlfriend anytime. <laughs> it's an anytime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can agree. Uh, do you think Starburns would like it if we only advertise the show that way? You can listen to us whenever you Anytime. want. When you're on getting Stitcher? the shit kicked out of you for pay. Yeah, you can listen to us on Stitcher when you're getting cut by your girlfriend. You can listen to us on Pandora when your boss is shooting down your throat. Yeah, you can listen to us when your balls have a string tied around them. Um, <laughs> it's an anytime podcast, folks. Hampton, I think this was a really good experiment where we did a podcast, Just Us. Uh, this is very fun because it's it's close to the Patreon, what we do there. Yeah. And folks, uh, go check out the Patreon episodes if you want some more uh, hilarious 
Yeah. <laughs> Riffs and skits. Oh man, we're pretty funny. <laughs> no, the last one we did was with Jake and that yeah. was that was really good. We Super just talked about Groundhog Day yeah. and all the suicides that happened in that movie and just have fun. Patreon.com slash suicide buddies. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. And please uh write, uh review and rate us on iTunes wherever you can. Yeah. And uh and you know, listen to this podcast as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> listen to this podcast episode as hard make sure as possible. We just want to make sure that you are currently listening to this podcast <laughs> episode right now. Um, All right, dude, oh, did I ever tell you I was at a my, when I had my last podcast? I was at a show in Omaha, and this dude came up to me and he goes, "Hey, man, I love your podcast." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." And he was like, "Yeah, dude, I like it so much. I only listen to it on two X." And I was like, "What?" Oh, my and he God. was like, "I listen oh to God. most podcasts on three X because I like really just want to get through them." And that was when I realized that people speed up their podcast <laughs> I, I listening. I know. I've heard <laughs> about that. Guys, optimal listening to Suicide Buddies is 1.5x. X. Yeah. <laughs> 0x. 0x. Yeah, I've heard about that. People trying to like cram them in. Yeah. I mean, God bless you. If right. you could do that, fuck. I feel like that would drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this has been a fun episode. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. Hey folks, this is Hampton here, and I know that Dave and I tend to make a lot of jokes about suicide, and we don't take it that lightly, actually. We really would prefer if you needed any sort of help that you would reach out to some sort of professional who could help you, because we are poorly equipped to do such. We would recommend that you would call 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They honestly do incredible work. They will talk to you and they will hear you. We want you to stay with us. So thank you.